Hello, hello. It has been a while, and this is still not a proper episode of the Busting Balls podcast. Uh, here on our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting-balls, or the PWOM podcast network, soundcloud.com slash pro wrestling only, you can hit us up on Twitter at BustingBallsPod. Email us, BustingBallsPod at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Jeffrey. He's John. John, uh, did you watch any football today? No, I, I I've had a weekend off football. Has anything happened? Uh yeah, you know, just the the busting balls derby, you know. No, I, no. I, I I must have missed it. I'll, I'll go and have to look that up. Uh, I'll think after the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think you should. I think you should. I think uh, it would. Uh, it might behoove you to to take a look at it. Well, uh, let let me be quite honest here. I cannot say that Arsenal were not good value for that win. Um, again, Liverpool started slow, got back into it, and pretty much dominated the last half hour of the, of the second half, first half, before conceding a damn stupid counter attack goal. And after we equalised, just went into our shells, and Arsenal absolutely dominated it. Brilliant at pressing us in our own half, particularly around the box, just. The ability to keep the ball in the box of Arsenal was superb. Um, you know, you can you can say maybe a couple of penalty checks, Liverpool got the wrong end of 50-50s. It happens, it's football, it's more worrying that we didn't turn up after we'd equalized. We didn't go on, kick on, we just did absolutely nothing and were too passive. But full correct to Arsenal. Although I do have to ask. Is Mikel Arteta's penalty area basically the entire Emirates here? Yeah. <laughs> he, cer- he certainly seems to think it is. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's just that, watching that, him. That, that man wanders. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, there, there was one I think throwing coming up in injury time. He was t- he was like halfway down, and basically stopping Harvey Elliott taking the throw. And it's just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we were all kind of a little frustrated that the game hadn't ended <laughs> when, it, when it should have. But yeah. Um, well, the- yeah, I, I I will say this, and I'm going to keep this brief because the whole reason why we're not doing the regular format is because we our main topics are two very serious ones, and this isn't going to exactly be a laugh riot. But since this was, you know, the the derby between us two, you know, we have to at least address it a little bit. Totally. Um, can we say that this Arsenal squad, uh, completely different beast from last year? They're fighting for it. And it started to look like that the Man U game was a fluke because, um, yeah, because this is supposed to be a hell month of fixtures for us, and so far we've won two out of those those uh, those hell month fixtures. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I said, I think I said to you at the start of the season when Arsenal off to a good a good start. I'm expecting you to do well in those initial fixtures. This is the test, and so far Arsenal passed it. Arsenal, um, you know. They were under the cosh for a long period in that first half, and they came back. This is a more, much more resilient squad than, than we've seen of Arsenal in the past. There could be something special here. I mean, I don't know, you know, with the way City are just absolutely relentless this season, and let's not beat about the bush. Unless Liverpool suddenly beam in a bunch of ringers over the next week, we're going to get slaughtered next Sunday. Um Arsenal, yeah, I, certainly. I think they're the main. Cha- they look very, very much like the main challenges to City this year. You know, and if things break their way, why not? I, I, I 
I'm still not to the point where I'm thinking Arsenal are actually going to have a title challenge. Um, just because, you know, again, we have uh, Man City running rampant in, in their goal scoring right now. So I, I don't know if Arsenal are going to mount a proper challenge. And, of course, now, you know, we have to wait a little bit because of the Queen's death. Um, our fixture with... Man City has now been rescheduled because it was a midweek fixture got rescheduled yeah. because we had to make up. Now we had to make up a Europa league game because of the cancellations that went on. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a different arsenal side. They, they fight for it. They're not giving up. I think last week against Tottenham, that goal that Gabriel Jesus scored oh. even last season, we would not, nobody would have gone for that. You know, they, I mean, it's just an eye testing, but I think this is a harder working Arsenal side fundamentally. Oh yeah, most definitely. And but they're going for it too, is the thing, which yeah, is something absolutely. we we haven't seen in quite oh, some time. I, I I would go with a decade plus, you know, maybe late late two thousands was not maybe the last time I saw it, and even then, you know, it was always said Arsenal had a soft underbelly. I genuinely believe, you know, this side could go, let's see, where, where, you know, could have gone to Burnley or Stoke on a wet Wednesday or, you know, <laughs> whoever you want. And they would scrap for a result rather than, you know, be intimidated. I don't think this Arsenal side has a soft underbelly. No, no. And, you know, coming up, we have Leeds, of course, you know, again, our city match, which would have, you know, capped off our health fixture, our, our hell period uh, got rescheduled so i don't know and i don't think they've rescheduled that yet i don't see a uh a new probably gonna be in the new, probably gonna be in the new year because there really isn't any room before the world cup yeah but i mean we got so our next few matches bodo glimt bodo glimt in leads away our makeup fixture at home with uh with psv eindhoven southampton and nottingham you know southampton i think we can handle them psv away <laughs> in Europa and then Nottingham Forest who have not who, who have not been what we thought they were going to be. But that's gonna say that's gonna stay for next episode, which hopefully will be next week. Absolutely. We, we, we can have a proper proper, you know, fun time episode of the Balls <laughs> podcast. Uh because what we're gonna you talk about out. Yeah, because what we're talking about today definitely is not that. Um no, and uh, <laughs> Next next week's match is not like to be spent times with Liverpool, so you know. Well, I, there's that, but I, I'm talking about a much more serious yeah, real life, set of yeah. circumstances. I I will make make mention as we were waiting to start recording this. Cristiano Ronaldo has scored his 700th career goal, also set up by Casemiro. So it's like Real Madrid all over again. Absolutely. But, you know, but yeah, you'll have that. So, uh, I mean, I guess congratulations to him, but also. You can't argue with the quality of it. Yeah, but he's he's not going to be. He he ain't going to be around for long. No. No. All right. Well, uh, let's get into the business end of of this particular special uh, pod blast type episode. It may go longer than a typical pod blast, but. Again, we have a couple of very serious subjects we need to address here. Uh, the first one came around this time last week when yeah. a uh, a match in Indonesia 
between um let me get the uh let me get the uh, my uh a match in uh in Malang East Java at the Kanjurahan Stadium. Yep. Uh um, the uh the a match had ended with uh fans storming the pitch. Uh police fired tear gas and uh and all hell broke loose and the end result was a riot that has left at least 125 people dead yeah asphyxic 131 victims are got here yeah. 547 injured dear lord Unreal. that is I, I think it's our second deadliest stadium disaster in history that's unreal. It's, you know, it's yeah, and, and we 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 now find out that okay, yeah. So I've seen an updated. Yes, it was 131 killed. Um, six people are facing criminal charges over this, yeah. uh, including uh, the head of the organizing committee and chief security officer for Arema FC, the home side. Yep. And then there's, I think, I believe there's also three police being uh, investigated for the use of tear gas as well. So, I've John. They, oh, go ahead. Yeah. You know, obviously, as a Liverpool fan, you know, stadium disasters are absolute horrors for us. You know, even even when it looked sort of like something might happen back in, you know, in France, in Paris in May, you know, that was a flashback no Liverpool fans ever want to see. And the one thing I'll say about Indonesia, I'm glad to see it's being investigated already. And, you know, suspects are, are there being looked at rather than covered up as as Hillsborough, we, as we know, completely was. So, yeah, I, I am impressed by the authorities' um, responses. But again, I hope this, you know, isn't a whitewash that saves someone higher up who should have responsibility. I, that was going to be my main thing to ask you, is that you as a Liverpool fan have uh, definitely some baked-in feelings about such events because of Hillsborough and, let's face it, and Heisel. And Heisel, we, we, yeah, we absolutely. can't forget Heisel. So, yeah, I wouldn't for a second. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th th this is something that is kind of baked into your... Your, your your DNA as a fan, so yeah, I'm I'm sure you have some feelings about this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the first thing is just the absolute horror of it because you just you know you you wake up, you see the headlines, and you go, oh shit. Um, because I, I say the one thing any Liverpool fan will tell you, no one should go to be have, go to a football game and not come home ever. Not through not through negligence, you know. Not through police officers dis deploying tear gas unnecessarily. Not through the stadium being inadequate to host the match. Not through you know the, the stewarding or the e fire exits, etc., being inadequate. Yeah. I, now, um, now, now, I, I as I did see, I did see that they did oversell the stadium. Yeah, I think that, by that, something well, like several thousand people. Yeah, that was something that was very common in English football up to the 80s as well. Um, you know, when when the, the, the other thing about terraces, they could easily be oversold because, you know, you could say, 
go on, let, let us in with, you know, the little one friend, and it just, you know, way through doesn't necessarily officially go on the gate. And that's one of the things that would concern you about, you know, a return to terraces. It would need to be ticketed completely and organised. And, you know, there would, there is going to be safe standing, which I do dearly hope is kept safe. Well, yeah, I, I, I do want to talk about that for a minute, but I just want to, again... Reiterate some of the circumstances of this, which was in, 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 at Conjurahan. First of all, they oversold the, the stadium. Yeah. Number two, what started this was Arema, the home side, Arema losing to Persabaya Surabaya 3 yep. 2. And this is and this is what caused fans to storm the pitch, was just a a, yeah. a, a league defeat. Yeah, what you know. That shouldn't be happening. What if the policing is going to be inadequate if the crowd has done that? Or you know, what what I don't obviously I don't I'm not familiar with you know the tradition of it Indonesian and how the games are policed there. I mean we can't, you know, we we're we're talking as just we we only know this one off. We don't know the wider circumstances. Which is true. But yeah, that that reaction to you know the reaction to a league loss, even if it's controversial is out of order you know it it's it should be contained at least you know it, it you can't have fans you know writing on you, you don't see it in england these days and it's dealt with very quickly you know it happens or you rarely see it in england these days so obviously we know um we have seen it in celebration in recent years but yeah it's it's the reaction is unreal yeah, and you know, a lot, a lot of the gates were not properly opened. I, 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 from what I understand, a lot of the deaths was for were from asphyxiation. Yes, I believe most of the deaths were, that, and that's the crush. Um, it's, that's similar to Hillsborough. Um, well, it sounds like it's it's, sim- it's similar to that Who concert from way back crush. when. Yeah, it, it's a crush essentially. Yeah. And you you can't breathe, and you know, you almost can't imagine. You almost can't imagine being in the, in that stadium. You know, the closest I've ever been is when I did Game of Thrones, and they had a, you know, <laughs> they had a massive right in King's Landing, and there were a mass of people, and you felt that if you went over, you would be trampled. You felt that you know you could be crushed any time, despite the fact how well organised it all was. It is a horrific situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I can imagine. I mean, I remember being. I mean, they they just here not too long ago. Uh, here in Chicago, My Chemical Romance had to stop their set for a little bit because of people getting crushed up in the pit. Gee. You know, at, 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 at Riot Fest in in uh, in Chicago. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's... And, you know, I, I think that with, you know, now that we're, people are coming back out again after the pandemic and everybody just is, after, you know, two years of being cooped up, yeah. Or, you know, a year and change, you know, depending on when uh, things were starting to open up for you. Uh, I mean, people are wanting to get out. And, you know, now we're seeing, again, take, you know, uh, you know, stadiums being oversold. And, yeah. you know, it, 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 I, I, I do want to bring this up about the safe standing. I mean, it, it, is that for real or is this just a pie in the sky that, you know, because people want to take it back to the good old days? It's it's um, well, it's something that's been campaigning for, and I believe that there has been a, a um, consultation with 
if not the Hillsborough family, certainly representatives of such, just to, you know, make sure that these things do not go completely awry, as they might well do. Um, so I, I believe it's being trialled first. I'm not sure if, the, if that's trial's finished, but yeah. I did hear about a trial, but I don't know, know where and when that was. Uh, I'd have to have a look. And we'll see if we can find it. Yeah, um, <laughs> podcast gold here. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, this was, uh, it looks like uh, I'm seeing here that, uh, Brentford, QPR, Wolves, Cardiff, Chelsea, Man City, Man United, and Spurs. Yeah, um, Take, but yeah, and and it's been ongoing since January the first of the of this year. Okay. So yeah, so I I think it's still being trialed, and oh no, the, the decision there was going to be a decision made for the possible rollout for the start of this season. Mm. I mean, I I mean everything works until it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, and you you know it the way things are. It'll eventually slide, but stadiums are generally in better condition than they were in the 1980s, where, you know, Hillsborough in particular had long been known as a very poor stadium because the, I, I believe it was the 81 semi-final between Spurs and Wolves of the FA Cup, there was nearly a crush at that point as well. Mm. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a case of, those in authority need to make sure that you know, it is safe and that, you know, limits are not exceeded on these things. Indeed. Yeah. But I mean, I, all I know is that, yeah, it, it's good that the Indonesian authorities have addressed this there. They are investigating. We we have charges already yes. let, you know, a week into, you know, less than a week, I guess, if in the timeline. Yeah. There, um, there is no cover up here going on that we can see. Yeah, and you know, furthermore, you know, our 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 our, our thoughts with you know the uh, everyone affected by, by oh, this disaster. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think everyone in sports hates hates to think this, hates to see this. I mean, I would hope so. Anyway, I don't. I mean, maybe there are some some psychopaths out there, but um, you know, it's just. Yeah, I, I I was in bed reading this, you know, Saturday night into Sunday last week, and it was like, good lord. Yeah, I, I woke up to it. It's just like, oh Jesus. You, I mean, you, and just the just the scale of it. It's a, yeah, it's the scale of it too. I mean, that this is more um, than Hillsborough. Yeah, this is it, more than high. I I think it's more than Hillsborough and Heisel combined. No, no, I think Hill. I think. Heisel was thirty. Heisel was forty something, wasn't it? Uh, I saw thirty, but okay, maybe maybe you're right. But yeah, yeah. Um, you, you might I might be misremembering. Um, but yeah, it's this. Yeah, again, it's something beyond anything that's happened in this country. You know, it's beyond the uh, was it the Ibrox disaster? It's beyond Hillsborough. It's beyond Heisel. It's beyond. Any I, 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 I did forget about the I did forget about uh the Ibrox disaster. Yeah. Um and and really the important thing is 
there are steps being taken to make sure this does not happen again to address the root causes of it. That's the important thing. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you you can almost say that those guys, and you'd never want to say it, that they died in vain because they they were, you know, you, you don't want them to be the first. You want them to be the last in these circumstances to die like this. And that is because it is just a horrific, unimaginable way, unimaginable way to go. And, you know, you, you, um, you know, you always choke up at it, particularly if, you know, if, if you have memories of Hill, if you've seen the footage of Hillsborough, you have a, an idea of what this is like and you just don't want anything like that ever to happen to anyone again. Yeah. And I, I looked up Ibrox, and it looks like there has actually been several Ibrox disasters. Yeah, I think I think it, it's uh, it's a New Year's Day game, if I'm not mistaken. It was sixty something people. Yeah, well, yeah, the seventy-one. I think that the one you're thinking of is in 1971. There was one in 1902 where part of a, a stand collapsed. Jeez. In, in at, at Ibrox. Yeah. So. And no, I'm not going to make any flippant remarks here. Uh, that, no, that, that's not, not that, that's not for this. Sorry, sorry, no. gang. I'll, I'll I'll be sure to to slander Rangers uh, next episode, but not 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 right now. It's not the type of thing that you make fun. You know, <laughs> you you can say you. Know, I know at Liverpool games, you know, they're singing about the Munich disaster, and the United fans chuck that back. That is out of order. That is not what football is about. It's, you know, I, just, I, you know, there really needs to be bigger penalties for that because, you know. Oh yeah, I, I have no qualms in lifetime band. You should not be singing about people's deaths as a way to glorify, oh, as a way to get at the other team, not even glorify your own team. Yeah, I, just, I mean that goes either way because I remember because I remember Mill, Millwall fans chanting Hillsborough at at Liverpool. You know. Yeah. No, it's 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 beyond. It's sorry, I I don't hold with it. I I have I have pretty high tolerance limits for things, but that is so far beyond any of them. I, I mean, there, there there's talking shit, and then there's just being absolutely vile, you know? Yeah, totally. There is a line, like you know, yeah, call, calling Arsene Wenger a pedophile that was pretty fucking vile. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I think you know, making reference to any sort of you know stadium disaster or anything where where fans got killed yeah i think that, that that's yeah. just beyond the pale but yeah but yeah again i'd hope as well you know that this is something that around around the world that you know people who run stadiums look at and go how do we make sure this could never happen here yeah indeed i mean and and uh, honestly getting rid of the standing helped yeah but totally. you know again with the preponderance of both you know people who want always want things back how they used to be but also with rising ticket costs i could see the 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 demand for standing again yes absolutely and, and, and i get it i mean they, i mean let's face it you know in, in american games the the tickets behind the goals if you're in the supporters section quote unquote are usually the cheapest tickets yeah absolutely you know where 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 you have the capos leading leading chanting and stuff yeah that that's usually where the cheapest 
seats are behind the goal. It's usually the more expensive ones are the ones like towards the middle of the of the on the, the halfway line. Right? Yeah. So, but you know, it, it, with that in mind, but yeah, I just again, we, I, I, I just hope everybody. I just hope uh, things go well for, you know, moving forward for everybody affected by this. Love and solidarity to all of them. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it it was an awful disaster. And I, we, we, I just really hope we never see it's like again. Yeah. So unfortunately we have to go back to a topic we've addressed previously. Uh, If you go back in our archives, uh, we had a pop blast called The Worst Week. This one's probably going to be called The Worst Week 2 because th- this definitely qualifies Absolutely. With, with this in mind. Is that the, the independent report on the NWSL, uh, the, the, the National Women's Soccer League here in this the, country, the, the Women's League in, in, in the, the United Yates States, the Yates, mm-hmm. re- the Yates report has been released. Uh, Sally Yates, the former Deputy Attorney General, the one that was fired by... In, unceremoniously by Donald Trump. Um, yeah, it, the the reports, the report cr- turns out it was worse than what was initially thought. And we're we're talking several several high profile coaches and high profile teams in the NWSL. Uh, not least of which Portland Thorns, Chicago Red Stars, and Racing Louisville. Yep. And the just, you know, the, and their coaches, uh, the, the, the abuse and sexual misconduct going on there, but also finding out that Merritt Paulson, you know, the owner, uh, you know, one of the, the higher ups at, you know, Portland Thorns and by extension, of course, the parent uh, team, the, the Portland Timbers in, in Major League Soccer, um, you know, the, the owners knew about this u.s soccer knew about this jill ellis the former u.s women's national team coach knew about this in fact for a while her main thing was that you have to if you want to be selected for the u.s women's national team you have to play in the nwsl despite knowing that this shit was going on the worst thing, the, the key word in this for me is systemic. Yes. It's indeed. not isolated. It's across the league. It's embedded in the culture. You know, I, this was something um, I hadn't seen it. And then you sent me sent me the report when it came out. I, I you know, I, I, I think you said it uh, overnight. Well, I woke up, read that and went, how the hell is this going on in a modern society? In a women's sports league, at that, you know, yeah. and and we talk, and again, we have talked about this before. You know, as you mentioned at that time, and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, if I'm uh, misquoting you on this, um, you said that there was a duty of care. Absolutely, stand by that. Yeah, for for everybody involved, you know, for the especially for the players. Yeah, and let, let's have the response on, on the report here. Teams of the league and the federation not only repeatedly fail to respond appropriately when confronted with player reports and evidence of abuse, they also fail to institute basic measures to prevent and address it, 
even assembly leaders privately acknowledges acknowledged the need for workplace protection. As a result, abusive coaches moved from team to team, laundered by press releases thanking them for their service and positive references from teams that minimised or even concealed misconduct. Those at NWSL and USSF, in a position to correct the record, stayed silent. Yep. And no one at the teams, the league, or the federation demanded better of coaches. That is the opposite of any duty of care. That is pure and simple, a complete abuse of authority, a complete abrogation of any responsibility. And everyone involved in that should be out of the game for good, frankly. I I agree. And it, it seems like there were some firings last week at both Chicago and Portland. You know, yeah. uh, you know, board members being removed, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, this is what it comes down to. I'm going to quote a, uh, a tweet from uh, Twitter user at underscore Lindsay, uh, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Um, pretty sure this person doesn't listen to the show, but um, anyway, uh, and I sent you this tweet too, John. Uh, you did. A, a, a statement from insert NWSL club here. Hello to our dear community. It's me, the guy who runs things around here. And let me tell you, I am sad, big sad, and also angry. But not at anyone in particular, and certainly not at me myself who runs things around here for things I may or may not have done to contribute to all of the things that are really bad. The bad things just kind of happen, and maybe people I hired did them, or, and maybe I ignore them, but who can say really? We here at the place where I run things are dedicated to excellence and also fairness. And also we promise to be excellent and fair, just like always, except for that stuff that ha happened onward in solidarity, Mr. Man who runs things around here. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. Again, this needs, you know, this shouldn't just end at a few seconds. This should end up with some kind of, you know, charter some kind of specific rules in place to you know, to make sure these things do not happen again. Well, it seems to me that the entire administration of the NWSL should be sacked. Pretty much so, at this point, because you're going, what the hell were you doing? You you are just exploiting those players' goodwill and lack of power to say anything in public. Yeah. And, you know, again, we, we when we talked about this last year, I think this is pretty much what we said. We're just having to repeat ourselves because but the scale is just so much worse than what we thought. Yeah. And, and, and the, culpability, the culpability of, again, going to U.S. soccer itself, Jill Ellis. Yeah. Oh, this might tarnish Jill Ellis's legacy. Good. I think her legacy needs to be tarnished. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, it, it, it's like any kind of, you know, any kind of artist, you know, you know, say Jeff and I, <laughs> one of the things we bonded over many years ago was a love of the Smiths. But you have to, you know, that does get slightly tarnished because of what Morrissey has become since. It, it, you know, and maybe already and maybe always was. Yes. And these things, you know, you, you can acknowledge they were great achievements, but you have to look at, you know, you have to pick up the stone and look on the underside of it and see the ugly bits that got you there. And let's not forget as well that I, I would classify the fact that the US for how long? I can't, I can't remember. 
has been underpaying its women as well, which again is another slightly lesser form of abuse, but entirely part of this pattern of behavior. Well, it's it's pretty obvious that, you know, and we see this all the time in sports. We see this in the NFL. We see this in, in the NBA. We see this in Major League Baseball. That they really don't, that it seems like at least, and I'll keep this to American sports. Yeah. They definitely don't seem to see the players as human beings. They, they see them as assets. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and one could make the argument that football in general does this because of the way that the transfer market runs. It, you could make an argument that the whole idea of the transfer market is buying and selling people. It, there is that it's, it's buying and selling employees isn't it and you know i suppose they have a certain amount of free will to but this yeah yeah you know it, it's always excused with a couple of big contracts at the top end isn't it you know you know so the players who are on the the, the mega million cocktail contracts are very very rare it's you know the schlubs in the middle they haven't got much you know they they you know at the ba- the bases the base guys they don't earn that much you know and then their career could be over in a heartbeat you know, right <laughs> and, it, it, and also it's usually indicative of who's the one who gets the abuse because it's never the big players no because Not I, because you know I I think any anybody says anything untoward to Megan Megan Rapino and yeah she's already been on on social media my guy but yeah. it's always players who don't have the you know the the quite the juice that a, a Mega Rapino or a, or a Mia Ham or you know or an Abby Wambach would have had yeah, absolutely you know so it, so it's definitely i mean yeah it's definitely insidious and predatory no matter how you look at it so again as i said it's an abuse of power pure and simple yeah and it just, it, I, I find it hard. I mean, yes, I still want to cheer on the Chicago Red Stars, but God, you know, th- there's this undercurrent. It's like, fuck, what are they actually going through, though, to get to yeah. this, you know? Yeah, you sat, it, it, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, what goes into the sausage? You don't necessarily want to know, do you? You don't want to see that process. No, no, you, you, you definitely do not. So I, I think one of the most obvious ways of addressing this is having more women in administrative roles in the clubs, because I think one of the things that, um, you know, about the NWSL clubs is that a lot of the times they are extensions of the major league soccer clubs and generally will have the same administration and ownership. Yeah, and, and I mean, that makes sense if you're setting these clubs up to start with because you got the people with experience. Right, and, also- and to be fair, the WNBA operates much the same way. Yeah, to be fair. And, but but what you need to be doing is you need to be getting women and others in, in positions you know, where they can see this and maybe prevent it. You, you know, right. you need to... But then again, there was Jill, but then again, there was Jill Ellis, so... Absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, but we we did hear for years that a lot of players were thought Jill Ellis sucked, like yeah, hated Jill Ellis. Even when they were winning World Cups, they hated her. Yeah, and you know what saves her? She gets results because that's what happens in sport. You get results, you get a get out of jail free pass. And 
That's weird. Well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. That, see also the entire career of one Robert Knight. Absolutely. You know, you make money or you win games, there, there is a get-out job. And again, that is something that needs to be addressed. But how do you address an abuse of power? Again, the mechanisms for that need to be in place. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, it's funny, though, that we do mention Bobby Knight because Bobby Knight happened in the early 2000s when he finally got, you know, sent packing from Indiana University men's basketball. Yeah. Do people not figure this out, that you will get found out eventually and you will get exposed? The, I mean, the thing that it raises me is the fact that if someone has been getting away with it for that long, what, you know, there's stuff going on we do not know about because people do not do this in isolation or, you know, or they need to be a pushback on it. And, yeah. and there's pushback. And that is a major problem. Yep. It's, you, you've got to, there has to be the mechanism to recognize it and push back. You need to be able to have outside scrutiny, you know, maybe even do, you know, the equivalent of an audit. Yeah. But I mean, again, I, you know, I think having, more women and and let's you know face it non-binaries too let's 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 not forget well, them yeah, absolutely. let's not forget them um you know in, in positions of administrative power in the leagues i mean it's not it's one thing to say coaching but it's another to have somebody you know in charge you need to have somebody higher up and it doesn't stop coaching at all you're right yeah yeah i mean yeah the buck does not stop at the manager of a club for this, huh. you know, yeah. it, it, for this. And, you know, l lest we forget that, you know, human resources, I mean, I, I mean, I have nice human resources people at my job, at, at my, my day job, but human resources General. is there to stick up for the company, not the employee. Let, let's not forget that, you know? Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, even if it's only lip service, it's duty of care stuff, but... <laughs> It, it, they're part of the machine, so to speak. And again, yeah. managers are part of the machine. They, they are employees as much as the players are. Indeed. And, I mean, so, uh, the, the, the the long story short of this is that th th this does rock the entire women's football world. Yeah. Fi finding out about this. Because, let's face it, the USA women's national team is like the pinnacle of, of, of the sport. Yep. Absolutely. And, and this extended to last Friday's friendly between, you know, the European champions, England, and the world champions, USA. Um, yep. and, and there was a nice show of solidarity between teal armbands and, you know, both squads getting together with a banner saying protect the players, which will probably end up being our, our cover image for yeah. for this episode. I'm right with you. Um, you know, all that being said, yeah, there was no way that Trinity Ramen was offside, and that should have been a two. -two <laughs> yeah, it, well, that, but it, on the other hand, it was a hell of a game as well. It was, but I mean, but I mean, even the England squad and, and Megan Rapino both were like, yeah, it, it's amazing that the U.S. women's national team are even considering playing this in light of all this. I mean, hell, I mean, we, we, we've been glossing over this. I mean, I think like 15 women for the for Spain's women's national team have said, yeah, no, we are not playing under this coach ever again. 
Quite right. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know the full details, but I heard that there has been a little bit of a rebellion in, in, in the Spain uh, women's side uh, set up. Yeah. And I mean, if there's one or two players, then you go, maybe it's if you're going 15 players, you know, which is the bulk of the squad, you're going, there is something wrong. Yeah, there is something is not right. Stuff. Yes. Whatever. So, I mean, it, clearly, I mean, it, it, it's great that players are, finally, are, are, are feeling empowered to speak up and, and go against. Completely. You know, but, you know, as we also know, like, certainly in, in, in elder football nations, too, it, it can be, it's going to be an uphill battle. Because, yeah. it, because again, it, you know, one thing that makes it institutionalized, of course, is the longevity of how long it's been going on. Yeah, it's it's it has to be rooted out some way. You know, how far back does it go? Burn it all down and start again if necessary. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, hopefully, we don't have to go that far. You know, in the entire in the in the entire scheme of the women's sport uh maybe yeah. an nwsl maybe not such a bad idea yeah and, and i mean you know those clubs that failed to cooperate with the report which i believe chicago was one of them yes they were i, I i'll fully cop to that yeah i mean again it, it's good totally. it's gonna be difficult i mean yeah we we want the players to do well we want the 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 playing team to do well as far as the organization holy shit yeah with that needs independent audits out of that yeah you, know, you need something to come from outside and go what the hell's going on yeah exactly and again you know all, all credit to everybody who spoke up i mean i guess we're finding out still even in the wake of the report that even more reports are you know people are coming forward in the wake of the report yeah of the yates report so this is going to be a little bit of a reckoning for the for the women's uh, side of the sport, at least it, definitely in this country, maybe elsewhere. Yeah, and it absolutely should be. Yeah, and especially in this country where again the the it's the women's national side that is delivered. You know, uh, on pretty much every level. Yeah. And. Completely. Yeah, and it's all in the shadow of this, and it just makes you wonder what what the point of it all is. That's how yeah. it's going to be. It's not meant to be something for people to abuse power in that limited arena. Should never happen. It should never happen, but it happens only yeah. all the damn time. And you know, well, absolutely, yay capitalism. Because <laughs> yeah. So yeah, sorry this hasn't been exactly a uh, an uplifting uh, laugh right uh, uh, of a, of a busting balls, but sometimes again, as we've said numerous times, sometimes you you, you just gotta say other things. And oh boy, wait till we get to our World Cup preview because uh, we're, <laughs> we're 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 gonna be yeah because I I I'm already I mean I'm already ill with the idea of this World Cup to begin with. Oh, um, yeah, if anyone's really, I have to recommend, there was a piece by Barney Roney in The Guardian this week, which was uh, an absolute masterpiece, frankly. Oh, yeah, yeah, and there was uh, there was a podcast um, that Raj Bennett of the Men in Blazers took part in, which I, I or no, he, he pissed me off quite a lot last year during a particular Everton versus Arsenal match. But, um, you know, overall, it has to be said, he, he guessed it on uh, Pod Save the World. Uh, mm -hmm. And they were talking about 
you know, Qatar and, and the institutional corruption going in there. And, you know, it, it's really sad that David Beckham has bought into the nonsense now. Yeah. <laughs> but but we, we should really save that for... There, there is a beautiful line in the Barney Roney piece about that. All right. That's... Well, we'll we'll have to we'll we'll have to bring it up in in greater detail. Um, it will definitely we will definitely be ripping the the Qatar World Cup a new one in an upcoming episode. It won't be next week's episode because we're no. we're already behind on our schedule again. <laughs> but, As always. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we will be you know getting back to. So it's probably going to be the the next one after that. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's the mid November one, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, I think by that time, yeah, we should be. Yeah, we, we definitely had to do a World Cup uh, preview, but also tear down the entire idea of of this whole World Cup and and oh, completely yeah. all the way so. back to to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sorry if you were expecting the comedy, we didn't bring it this time because we didn't think it was appropriate. Uh Next episode should be next week as you listen to this. So, uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll get back to our usual, uh, our usual chicanery and nonsense. So uh, until then, it's good night for me. And it's good night from him. We'll see you next week.